This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, we're going to be talking about whether your spouse, especially your wife, because rates of depression are higher in women, is depressed or just lazy. Uh, Before we get to that topic, please do subscribe. The most recent subscriber episode was one I most recently did about uh, checking out how your wife treats the children if you want to understand her true potential for love within a relationship. Because if if you're expecting her to treat you better or different in many ways than the kids, you're going to be... you know, uh, wrong. (laughs) So anyway, check that one out. Please do subscribe. Also follow me on TikTok, YouTube, and always, if you want therapy, check out Best Life Behavioral Health. I myself do therapy and coaching. You can also check me out in the links as well. Okay, so what is depression? Depression doesn't always look like what you think it does. In fact, a lot of the time it looks like somebody's being lazy, which is why I am talking about this today. So depression involves a lot of fatigue and it involves something called for women. um, Okay, so I have a podcast and post on atypical depression, which is not atypical. It's just the one that women have. And it's contrasted with melancholic depression. And one major symptom is leaden paralysis, meaning that your arms and legs feel very heavy to the point that you just sit on the couch. You're depressed. The whole system is down. It is depressed in the most classic um, term, you know, like when you depress a buzzer or something. You're the, it's down-regulated. The whole system of the organism is down-regulated. This looks a lot like being lazy because it involves a lot of fatigue, no energy, and this leaden paralysis. So a lot of men, thankfully for them, have never experienced depression. They have a lot of energy. They always did. When they're tired, they have a little bit less, but they can usually find something in the tank to keep on going because they're not experiencing depression, you know? And and for, for many men, if they do experience depression later in life, they're like, whoa, like, this is nuts. Like, uh, do I have the flu? Like, it's they, they feel so somatically different that it's, it's shocking and mind-blowing to them. So this uh, podcast hopes to get you to that epiphany a little bit sooner if your wife is depressed. Because she is struggling with something that really limits her energy. It's, it's like you having the flu. You know, it's like how you would feel if you were sick. So, yeah, you may always want sex. But if you were like literally had the flu and were on IV fluids, you probably wouldn't want sex. You know, uh, you probably wouldn't be able to focus on work or be able to do whatever chores or home projects you do. So a lot of times women who struggle with depression, they subconsciously look for very effective, efficient men. And this sometimes leads to the Mr. Perfect and his crazy wife dynamic that I have a podcast and posts about. And that means that the woman has low self-esteem about her ability to conquer things and to be effective and efficient because she struggles with depression, whether or not she admits it, she knows that she has these times of being completely like unable to do shit. So she gravitates toward a man who um, can do a lot of shit. 
you know, whether it's because he's a workhorse or because he's a narcissist or because, you know, so he just thinks he can do a lot of shit. Um, but, but either way, he projects a persona of being able to just knock shit out, you know. And these are the men that often do a lot of the housework, if not most of it. And, you know, the popular media would have you assume that men don't. But there's loads of men that are married to women with depression that do, you know, more, much more than half of the housework and childcare. But it's never really talked about as that it's because the woman has depression. It's just within their marriage. It's a narrative that she's kind of just less efficient and less effective and even lazy. Somebody's not lazy because they're depressed, you know, even if they don't know that they're depressed, you can be the one who's listening to these podcasts and stuff. So you could be the one that figures it out. You know, if a woman gains weight, eats, sleeps too much, these are the vegetative symptoms when you eat and sleep too much, is always kind of down, sees things negatively, is laying around on the couch a lot, doesn't seem to be able to see the forest for the trees, you know, like doesn't seem to be able to look at a room that needs to be cleaned and kind of like know what to do instead gets overwhelmed um, a lack of confidence a very negative worldview all of these things are hallmarks of depression and they were probably there to a greater or lesser extent waxing and waning over the course of the woman's lifespan starting in puberty or adolescence that's usually when it starts for women and she may never have diagnosed herself as depressed because she just thinks that she's kind of inefficient or lazy or fat or something like that or, or just likes to nap or whatever. But if you notice that these symptoms especially get worse in the winter or worse after something bad happens when there was a trigger or um, certainly after the birth of a baby, so postpartum depression, or uh, after grief, it can turn into complicated grief, which has symptoms of depression if she's lost somebody close to her, etc. Um, and also, for women, this usually gets worse the week before their period, if not the two weeks before their period. So these symptoms do not mean that somebody's lazy. It doesn't mean that they're not trying hard enough. So just like if you were not able to run your usual however many miles on the treadmill because you had the flu, that wouldn't mean that you're lazy, right? Um, and it would mean that you're sick. And so depression also means that you're sick. And some women antidepressants work for, some don't. In a bitter irony, antidepressants change your sex drive. So, you know, a lot of women who start out with very little sex drive to begin with have tried antidepressants and can't have an orgasm and no longer want the sex to the limited extent that they previously did, so they go off it. And so, you know, this is an individual decision, of course, a cost-benefit analysis of side effects um, and, and what they do to you. Usually, um, it's not the only side effect. Usually, the same women who have one bad side effect have other bad side effects. And some women have treatment-resistant depression, so nothing really helps. So, like, if you're like, well, why doesn't she just get some help then? Man, it's not very easy. Like, there's very high rates of treatment-resistant depression. So, obviously, the pharmaceutical companies do not advertise that the happy little Zoloft guy does not work for everybody. But he doesn't, you know, and, and um, therapy doesn't either work for everybody. It can work to help you understand. Look, so, obviously, like, I've, I've written before about, like, what therapy can help with and what it can't. It cannot help with biological symptoms of depression that were genetically passed down from your parents. What it can help with is not thinking of yourself as a lazy sack of shit, right? That 
that it can really help with. It can help change the frame so that you develop more self-compassion and a more even positive worldview in the face of the depression, but it cannot get rid of something like a feeling of leaden paralysis or the fact that you have PMS. I mean, it just can't. It can help you acknowledge and, and recognize it and maybe even try very hard to act slightly different or even just remove yourself somewhat from situations when you're feeling very upset, acknowledging that depression is an illness, but it cannot like make you biologically less irritable. You know, like it, it's just like um, it deals with the cognitive symptoms, not the real biological ones in my experience. Um, of course, depression waxes and wanes. So sometimes there becomes a wonderful coincidence where you've been going to therapy for like three to six months and your depression lifts. And if that happens like once or something, you'll be like, oh my God, therapy cured all of my depression. Great. And it's nice if you think that, but usually if it's intractable recurrent depression, therapy does not help the physical symptoms. Although again, it can help the cognitive symptoms, your self-esteem. It can help you shape the narrative of your life, engage in your relationships better but it's not going to get you off the couch necessarily, you know, if, if you feel that severely down, physically tired. Um, medication can um, help. You should definitely try medication to help with that, but sometimes it's just kind of waiting for the depression to lift. This is some people's lives. You know, a lot of people who struggle with treatment-resistant depression. So, um, as, as the partner of this person, if you're a super energetic, high-achieving person yourself, you may be like, nah, this is just lazy. You just got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and try to exercise. I remember one time when I was younger and I was at Stroller Strides all the time, which is like an exercise class with um, strollers, which is actually pretty hardcore because you just you don't just walk with the strollers like people think. You bring it over to different stations, then you do like your burpees, and then you like run to the next station, like all this stuff. But anyway, um, I get depressed in the fall and winter, and um, I'm pretty seasonally affected. So if seasonal affective disorder, it's it's not really a effect like that. It's affect of mood. But anyway, um, so I remember it was just like from one week to the next, like the amount that I could biologically, physically do just like dropped. It was just, it was like being sick or like losing a you know a leg or something. It was just like I went from being able to do a mile in whatever it was never very very good nine minutes something like that to um, you know like sixteen minutes. It was like crazy, you know. And it was the first time that I had had a regular exercise program since the birth of the children because I had three children three and a half years. So you know basically from the time of getting pregnant with the first until the time the second was six weeks old, I didn't really do shit. Except get pregnant and a nurse and try to take care of them. So it was my first time being like a real adult. I was like 32 or something. I was trying to um, kind of understand what had happened. And it was the first time I had really seen the biological impact of depression symptoms and what it really changes. So when you think that your wife should just get up and exercise, there's something called exercise intolerance. And it's a symptom of depression frequently, you know, and you just can't. Like you literally just can't. Like you just want to sit down. And so it's super important to understand and to conceptualize depression differently as like a chronic pain illness. So like if your wife was in bed with an acute migraine, and migraine does overlap a lot with depression, uh, you wouldn't tell her to go take a run or you'd be like a jackass, you know, like who would say that to somebody? So um, you, you really can't say it when she's depressed. Like it's like the same kind of thing. Believe me, she knows she should go take a run. That is the thing that people most want to do is go take 
take a run or go do something like that, you know? Nobody wants to be sitting there, like, on the couch scrolling through their phone. Nobody's like, here's how I'm going to be the best version of myself. I'm going to scroll through Instagram for three hours. Like, that isn't what anybody wants to do. And if you're thinking, oh, well, this is because of smartphones, and what if she didn't have that phone? I'll tell you, there's two ways to look at it, you know? Um, One way is these are women who would just lay in bed. And if you go back and you look at novels or nonfiction or anything from previous eras before there were smartphones way back, you know, did centuries, what did people do, especially women, if they were, quote, ill with illnesses that were not understandable, they would just lay in bed all day. You know, that's that's what would happen without a phone you know, and uh, without even anything, without a TV. And those were just sick people. And that's what depression looks like. It was not understood. So it was just considered some sort of strange illness that had befallen somebody. So those were the depressed women of yesteryear. Um, And they didn't have a phone and it still didn't motivate them to get up because they were depressed because they, whatever the imbalances, whatever's going on in the brain, which psychiatrists do not understand uh, very well at all. And there's multiple theories of what leads to depression, um, those women had it, you know. And uh, number two, you say, well, what if the house was on fire? Or some guys get really smart and they're like, yeah, but it seems like she's less depressed on the day she like goes to work or the days that her mom's coming over or the days that we had like, you know, Halloween, like she was able to go out and trick or treat with the kids for Halloween. But then the next day she's all depressed again. So I guess it's just like, you know, what she pick and choose when she wants to be depressed. No, <laughs> like here, here's the thing with a typical depression, the, the, which is again what women have, the mood lifts in response to positive events temporarily. And there's also something called adrenaline. So it's like saying, why are you not busting your ass to like work on the PowerPoint that you know is due in two and a half weeks today with the same tenacity and, you know, um, focus that you are the fucking night before it's due? Why aren't you just doing that? Can't you just do that? No, of course you can't just do that. That's not how people work. There's an adrenaline burst that that is in response to uh, an event. So if a tiger is chasing you or if your child is stuck under a car or whatever the examples are, you're going to have a fight or flight response that you can't just create for yourself because it would be cool. So yes, if the house were on fire, your wife, thank God, would be able to get up off the couch and mobilize because of the huge adrenaline burst. And if something wonderful happens, like uh, her mother comes to town who's finally going to help with these damn kids or like whatever, then her, her mood lifts and some of the physical symptoms lift. So yes, then she does get up. For some women and that are anxious and depression concords with anxiety frequently, um, the anxiety of not being a good mother on Halloween is like so overwhelming that that adrenaline, you know, and cortisol release can get them up. But then, of course, because they're dealing with a chronic condition, it just goes back the next day. And they may even have an emotional hangover from the, uh, you know, from 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 the massive effort that it took to mobilize the organism in the first place. So I promise you in the description, then I would tell you what does it look like when somebody's actually lazy? Well, I'll tell you. Um, when somebody's lazy, <laughs> that means that they are just really not doing what you want them to do because it's very subjective what like lazy is. So a guy who like really values like a neat home, I got like some ex-military guys and stuff like those fuckers are really neat, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and their wife could be really sloppy and they're like, oh, she's so lazy. Well, what does lazy mean? Lazy usually means you don't value value, they don't value what you value. 
You know, like that's kind of what it is. Like lazy is very, very subjective. Some people think that somebody that, that a child who gets a B on his report card is lazy. Some parents think that as long as a child isn't failing out, then they're doing a good job. It's super, super subjective. So um, what you mean by lazy is that you and your wife don't have the same value system and that you do not prioritize the same things. And maybe this is an incompatibility that cannot be resolved. And maybe it's one where you could learn to meet in the middle. And maybe it's one where uh, you could hire somebody to clean up the mess or whatever the equivalent is for whatever your situation is that you're arguing about, whether she's lazy about. But I'll tell you, thinking of people as lazy is not usually good for your relationship at all so that's that you know and it's the same with kids like thinking of kids as lazy is not very helpful either because I never met a situation where a kid is quote lazy that was not enabled to be such by one or both parents and then on a dime the parents switch so like everything's good about never cleaning your room until you're you know nine and now we decided you're going to clean your room. And it's like, where? From what? How? You know, and what are you even going to do about it? And why are you making this my problem? And uh, that is a, a really understandable reaction, <laughs> you know. And um, But I could get into to that at a different time of start as you mean to go on with parenting. But the, the, the point is this. Lazy is not a... there's no blood test for lazy you know what's one person's lazy is another person's hard working and having grace and empathy is always going to help your marriage so if you walk into the door and uh then your wife's a stay-at-home mom of small kids and the house is a wreck and the kids are screaming and she didn't get dinner on the stove yet why don't you and she's on the couch instead of thinking wow she's so fucking lazy like she hasn't made in the shade here with me making money and what the fuck is this instead be like would any anybody want to be this person would she want a video of this sent to her friends fuck no she's probably terribly ashamed and embarrassed if she looks up she's like oh my god this is on un- un- uh, like terrible but what can I do about it nothing I have no energy this is all getting away from me what is this anyway like I can't I don't even know what to deal with first oh my god and then he's gonna come home and he's gonna judge me and then it makes her feel even worse so if you are in this situation it's possible that your wife is depressed if you frequently come home into complete chaos not chaos according to whatever your super high standards are but like real chaos like the diapers aren't being changed and like the animals are barking and like one kid is like we don't know where and outside and (laughs) crawling around I mean if if you do come into a chaotic situation frequently this is usually a hallmark that things are getting away from your wife because of postpartum depression or some form of depression so this isn't a time to be like oh my god my wife's so lazy because look at her does she look happy that's like another um you know really easy way to figure out if she's depressed or just lazy right if she's just like oh fuck it you know like i'll just let this house be a total shithole and not feed the kids that's cool you know I, I don't know any woman like that at all, but if she looks happy about it, then you have found your own personal lazy sociopath. But the majority of cases, she's like, oh my God, oh my God, what's happening? I don't know. The day got away from me. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and she looks super ashamed, super unhappy. Uh, she she looks like she doesn't even know where to start with things, totally overwhelmed. That's usually some form of depression. And that's when you come in and you say, 
you know, I, I, I think we need to get somebody in here to help with some stuff. This is obviously super hard. I couldn't do it myself. God will forgive you for that lie. Um, and so we need to get somebody in. And another thing is, is I feel like you've not been very happy for a long time. And I'm so sorry about that. And, you know, maybe we need to have you talk to somebody. So I think what I'm going to do is schedule an appointment for you with a therapist. That is actually something that most women that I talk to who are depressed wish that their husband would do. And the husbands are like, oh, no, oh, my God, if I ever did something like that, she would be so offended. Why don't you try it? If you're listening to this podcast or any others makes you realize your wife is struggling with depression or anxiety in, pre- in previous podcasts, why don't you just do it? Schedule an appointment with a therapist and say, here's when your appointment is. You know, I want you to go. The, everything nowadays is a video anyway. So, I mean, you know, what, what, she, what, what can't she do? You stay home from work. She can't go talk to somebody in a different room for 45 minutes. Yes, she can. So make that happen if this really spoke to you, which sometimes it does. When guys really don't understand what depression is and then they hear that it's like feeling all over the place, lost, overwhelmed, everything goes to shit. You feel like shit about yourself. You know, you're like laying around like a slug and like it seems insurmountable to get up. Yeah, that is depression. So it would be incumbent upon you ethically as the person who loves your spouse to try to help them get treated for it. All right, so hopefully this was an epiphany for some and at least moderately useful or interesting for others. And please do uh, subscribe and I'll talk to y'all soon. Have a great day.